there's this like disconnect between those two different roles. I don't know why, because I know how good it feels to like receive those messages. But then when I think about sending them, I it makes me really nervous. Welcome to Setback Stories. I'm Chelsea, your host, here today to bring you on an adventure full of lessons and stories about me, my guests, and the times we've had to move backwards before moving forwards. So, whether you're exercising, commuting to work, or have some free time, we hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Setback Stories. I'm Super excited today to be hosting another amazing person who is also the reason why Setback Stories exist. She is the co-producer of the show, but also co-writer, I think. (laughs) And more importantly, she is my best friend. And that is a very relevant thing to know because today we are going to be talking about long-distance relationships. And yes... Madison, say hello. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for that introduction. <laughs> You're using your weird high voice. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> oh my god this this whole episode is just going to turn into me talking about like social anxiety, which is also very relevant to talking about relationships. But but, that's but you can't talk about that because that's uh, content for another episode. Remember? <laughs> okay, I won't talk about it. <laughs> We had a pretty interesting start to our friendship, right, Madison? Yeah, very um, awkward <laughs> on on my end. On your end, it was it, it was, was very funny to you. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll just explain it. So the first time I saw Madison was at like the it was like it was at the end of grade eight, and oh my god, grade nine hadn't started yet. And I saw you like running around. This is this is new. This is new information for me, or new as if I probably forgot. You probably told me this before, but I never told you about this. I'll tell my version of how we met after you tell your version. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Well, (laughs) this isn't even embarrassing. It was just the fact that I saw you and you looked Filipino because I identify as Filipino as well, and like Filipinos are like always looking out for looking for other Filipinos to vibe with because you know like like it's always nice to like vibe with someone who has mm-hmm. who comes from the same background um so I just took note of that wait this is grade eight this was in grade eight like it was like in oh, May or June it was like a welcome to grade nine event oh yeah well I didn't like even have an interaction with you that evening so so you were like stalking me <laughs> yeah pretty much I was like, ooh, she looks Filipino. I'm going to hit her up soon. Fast forward to uh, September when grade nine starts. I learned that she was in my um, (laughs) English class. I was so determined to uh, be her friend because she looked pretty cool. So (laughs) one day I had the courage to um, (laughs) chase her, literally chase her after (laughs) grade nine English class. She was going down the, the stairway and I was like, Hey Madison, can I get your number? And you were like, you looked at me for like a good five seconds, <laughs> and then I gave you my phone, and then you just put input your number, and I was oh like, oh thanks. And then she ran away. She didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, Ask for my name. I think I knew who you were because I knew you. We were in the same class. Yeah. Um. And? I. I know. I was gonna say. I was gonna say my version. 
after your version, but I don't really have a version. I can't, maybe I blocked it out of my memory. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I just remember like you coming up to me after class and then something happening and then me feeling super awkward and like leaving. <laughs> you look super awkward. I felt super awkward too. Cause I, I don't even remember how I asked you, asked you. I want, I was like, can I have your number for, for notes or something or to be friends? Cause I feel like it's very, um, very strong to not strong. Like these days that doesn't happen. Like I pretty much asked if I could be your friend. Yeah. I mean, props to you. I would not have had the guts to just walk up, even now, like, I would not walk up to someone who I wanted to be friends with and just be like, oh, can I have your number? Yeah. I haven't ever done it again since that time, so, uh... <laughs> since that terrible experience. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it could have been that terrible, because what, we've been going, like, six years strong in our friendship. <laughs> I was having some other social issues at the time with like other friends. So I was really excited to have a new friend. <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy. Cause I remember you being in the squad and I, I squad. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of intimidating. There were there were like four four of you. And I don't know, my intention was never to like be the fifth member or anything, but I always wondered like if you were, I don't know, open to other people considering like I said mm-hmm. before um by grade nine I had thought that everyone formed their social or friend groups by the time all right so yes it's been almost six to seven years since uh, our meet cute and look at us now we're here in 2020 well at the end of 2020 co-producing a podcast together and speaking about podcasting we are recording on so why don't we uh, start talking about today's topic? <laughs> about what we're supposed to be talking about? <laughs> yeah, like after 20 minutes of tangents, uh, <laughs> let's dive right in. All right, so long distance relationships. I know I have a personal experience with long distance relationships, um, but I also think it's something that we both experienced uh, with our friendships moving out to mm-hmm. Vancouver which is why when we were thinking of what we wanted to discuss today, um, it just seems like a relatable topic for both of us. Yes. And especially, I feel like it's a really relatable topic during this time, considering COVID has literally kept us all physically apart from our loved ones and close friends. Mm -hmm. But we also acknowledge that there are different types of relationships, such as familial and romantic. But yeah, let's start with the platonic relationships, because I feel like that's the one we have most in common. Yeah. So I think I've always been a little more comfortable um, keeping in touch with my friends uh, digitally, like texting, FaceTiming, all that, because I, don't, I was very socially awkward in person. I still am. Um, yes. So like texting has always been a way that I feel like I am less awkward and I'm able to like have deep conversations through text which I don't know everyone like has that ability um or is comfortable doing that so yeah that's always something that I've been comfortable with I don't know about you it's hard for me to like talk about this because I like divide how I like approach long distance relationships pre-covid and Mm post-covid but pre-covid I feel like I maintained 
my long distance friendships less so with like deep long text messages but more so with like brief interactions on like social media whether it be like tagging people in memes or um, reacting to their instagram stories and stuff i feel like something that this pandemic has taught me is that i don't really like texting anymore i'm also biased because this pandemic i was forced to like not text so much because of my confession i couldn't really look at screens so i i try to like send a lot more audio audio messages and like I, i started to call people a lot more so i don't think i have the same capacity as you when it comes to like texting a lot i wish i did um but I don't. And I actually wanted to ask you how you came to, I don't know, have that capacity or that skill to like text a lot. Like, cause you did say that you feel like you feel more comfortable texting as opposed to, I don't know, talking. I don't know, but I feel like you're a very good talker. Well, <laughs> now I think once, cause we're really close friends, but with people who <laughs> I... <laughs> Like our first interaction. <laughs> yeah. I think actually texting helps me build a relationship. That seems that sounds so weird because to someone who's like not in our generation, that's just like unthinkable. But mm-hmm. it like when I first meet someone, I text them or message them and we like get comfortable with each other via text or like Facebook Messenger. And then when I see them in person, it makes me more comfortable to um talk to them in person. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Because I am, I'm, I feel like I'm just less socially awkward via text because it lets me edit. It lets me like have time to think before I talk. It's not as on the spot, which right. I'm, I'm not good at. Right. No, I agree. That makes total sense to me. I'm just trying to think about like the sort of our friendship, like if we texted a lot, because I feel like we did it. I don't know. That's well, we must question. have because I got your number. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, let's talk about Snap because I feel like that is a oh goodness. A coming yeah. on like phenomenon of sorts. I literally forgot about Snap and I was like the craziest Snap user ever in high school. Yeah, I feel like I missed out because I was not um that active on Snap and you definitely <laughs> you were the one person that sent me the most snaps except you probably kept in touch with like literally a million different people on snap (laughs) so I was just one of those people it was just easy because you would just like click click all your best friends on snapchat and send the same thing which I kind of regret because I feel like I didn't I didn't I feel like snapchat didn't develop my friendships but they allowed me to like let other people see like who I am Mm -hmm. I was gonna say it keeps a line of connection open yes yes especially with that street thingy yep Mm, yeah okay I was also gonna say but also then you would end up having streaks with like the most random people who you're not even friends with and it'd be like what is the point of this I'm not friends with you (laughs) oh literally and like every day you would just like open like five snapchats for people who like literally take a picture of a black I don't know a black screen yeah and then write streaks which was why I ended up deleting it because I didn't feel like it would it like served its purpose anymore well I actually wished that it was still a thing in first year because I was like snap is the easiest way for me to keep a line of connection open with some of my close friends 
But then it was like Snap was already like a dying platform by then. So it kind of did Mm -hmm. work throughout first year, but then I kind of gave up like within the past year. Because it's not like, even if you have a streak going with someone who you don't talk to on an everyday basis, but like was one of your close friends from high school. um, If we had a streak going or we had like a line of connection open, I would feel comfortable texting them about something out of the blue because we had been somewhat in touch, even though we weren't like actually talking. We were just sending like random streaks. You know what that makes me think of? So, Lauren, you know Lauren. So, Lauren is another friend slash another wellness fear who inspired me so and popular. us to make this podcast. <laughs> so popular. And I was reading her LinkedIn post. Or, actually, she talked about this on her podcast, too. It's all good. Y'all should listen to it. And she was saying how she, like, took the time this summer to reach out to people from, like, elementary school or people who she has not talked to in, like, I don't know, five or ten years. And it made me wonder, like, you just reminded me, like, like why does there have to be, like, like a quote-unquote line of connection, whether it be, like, I don't know, you both follow each other passively on, like, Instagram or, like, you guys keep a streak going in order mm-hmm. for one or the other person to, like, reach out and say, like, hey, let's let's catch up. Well, as the initiator of... Like, if you're talking about the two different points of view. So as the person who wants to reach out, I am very conscious of, like, oh, is it weird if I all of a sudden, like, send a message after months, years, whatever, of not talking? But then mm-hmm. as, the per- as a person who has received, like, messages out of the blue, like, I love those messages, especially if they're from people who yeah. I wish I had reached out to. And it makes me feel so good because I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, they, like, remember me. So yeah. there's this, like disconnect between those two different roles I don't know why because I know how good it feels to like receive those messages but then when I think about sending them I it makes me really nervous because it makes you vulnerable yeah we don't like that (laughs) not yet in 2021 we will (laughs) I've honestly been thinking about like talking to people from elementary school ever since seeing Lauren do that herself yeah well with you like you changed um educational institution like schools a few times well one time more than me (laughs) yeah (laughs) to our high school um in grade four which sounds weird (laughs) but I started at that school at such an early age that the friends that I had before that from the other school I went to for up until grade three like I was so young that I right. I don't even know if I'm connected with any of them on social media. Maybe one or two of them, but like I don't know if they remember who I am. Yeah, there's definitely a difference in there. Like I even think about like my friends in kindergarten and I can't even remember their last name, so I can't even search them up. I can say like because I was a figure skater up until like from the age of two till twelve, I spent more time training and like at that sport with the people who are also skater like figure skaters um I spent more time with them than I probably did with people at school up until I was 11 or 12 so I'm connected with some of the friends that I had from that part of my life on social media but I also don't talk to them like I would feel weird 
even though we follow each other on Instagram and like, like each other's posts, I would feel weird like texting them or like DMing them. I don't know why. Um, there's also like an age difference. Like we're all different in different stages of our lives. So maybe that plays into it. Okay. So we both kind of touched upon um, long-ish distance relationships and we both moved to UBC and like across the country essentially um, for university and I know that when I entered first year maintaining or yeah keeping in touch with the people who I wanted to keep in touch with like my friends from high school was something I was very aware of and that I actively tried to um, like think about and actively tried to like um, keep talking to those people, which ended up being forced at times. But <laughs> I mean, they, like I think group chats were something that I really valued because it made me feel like I was still close to my close friends from high school. What do you mean by feeling forced or being forced at times? When I reached out, I didn't know if they would want to keep in touch with me because everyone is experiencing new things. So it's like, do they still want to talk to me? It's like, clearly they do because we were close friends for so long. But I think I get insecure when I am like, there has to be a mutual, it has to, there has to feel, be a mutual feeling of wanting to keep in touch because otherwise Mm -hmm. it's just one-sided and then. Yeah. Wow. It sounded like you. Wait, what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to commend you for like the energy and the time you took to like keep your close, your friend group from high school like together, considering like you were cognizant of like everyone starting university and everyone potentially finding new friends and potentially (laughs) moving on. But it looks like from what you told me, like it looks like your friend group is still pretty solid. I think that I put a lot of like mental energy into it and Mm -hmm. thought about it a lot. I don't know how much of that was actual action. (laughs) So if you probably, if you talk to my close friends, I don't know if they would like know that I put this much thought into it or like it was on my Mm -hmm. mind that often. Mm -hmm. But how did you feel moving into first year and like how did you handle moving away from your friends? I was really grateful to have my closest friends from high school move to UBC with me, coincidentally. And I also mentioned that I was never really part of a solid friend group. So I guess I didn't have the same expectation to keep some kind of unit together when I moved over to UBC, especially since like my closest friends were like literally like next door to me. Me. <laughs> I eat you. <laughs> we literally moved together in first year. Friends were like just down the street in, in another residence. But that's not to say that I I didn't have any other friends besides the ones who moved to UBC with me. I, after listening to how much effort you put into uh, maintaining your relationships with your friends from high school, it makes me feel kind of bad for not doing the same with um, my other friends from high school. I'm a very low maintenance type of uh, type of friend in that. I will care for, like, I care for for my friends from high school um, who I don't talk to on a daily basis, but, like, Mm -hmm. I still try to let them know that, like, I'm 
I would love to still be in their life by obviously like commenting on their photos on Instagram or like set, reacting to their stories or like sending them a DM or like checking in up in on them on their birthdays and stuff. Um, that's how I try to maintain, I guess, my long distance friendships from high school. Honestly, I didn't do a great job because I will say that I have lost some close friends from high school. Honestly, I think it's only one person. But it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but that's okay because, like we were talking about earlier, it's – I want to get into the habit of reaching out to people who I've lost connections with and just catch up on, like, what we've missed out on because it's okay because people drift and stuff. But honestly, I didn't really learn how to maintain platonic relation, platonic long-distance relationships until COVID hit. So thank you, COVID. Um, I made <laughs> – I'm really good friends at UBC and obviously because of the pandemic we cannot physically be together lots of people moved home in March 2020 and lots of people actually moved back to campus even though like school is online as you and I know more than ever now I'm like really trying hard to maintain these long distance relationships because I'm actually not in school right now I'm on a gap year and I feel like I I feel like school has at least made me feel like I was part of some community, whether it be like a community of students stressing together in a in some mm-hmm. group chat on Facebook or or like attending office hours um and like trying to study together and learn together. And without that outlet, like I, I've been pre- feeling pretty lonely at times especially with all my friends busy in school so you know I've been trying to make an effort to check in on my friends not only like on their birthdays but just like randomly I'll just be thinking about them or like I'll be like scrolling on my camera roll and like I'll see a picture of us together and then I'll send it to them and (laughs) some like unique ways I try to maintain my relationships is by like competitions like typeracer.com I love typing I love I love beating people at typing races, let's just say that. Um, and recently, I actually found out that you, c- I can compete with my friends um, on my Apple Watch because, like, on, <laughs> on Apple Watches, like, you can like track your like exercise and like your movement throughout the day, and whoever gets like the highest number of points wins. So that's another unique way to see how other people are doing. <laughs> what else am I doing? What else do you think I'm doing, Madison? Well, something that knew that we're doing or that you have initiated with me is like voice messages what are they called <laughs> voice memos voice messages that God, you hate I, I i don't hate them okay i was gonna say i hate them but i hate them because again it's like a something that i'm insecure about i hate listening to my own voice i don't know why i'm doing a podcast right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i don't know either <laughs> um i just I'd rather just call like I like texting and I like calling but for some reason voice memos make me uncomfortable and obviously because you do them and you prefer them I have like I want to also do it so that it's like our method of um, communication is like consistent (laughs) but (laughs) I am a much bigger fan of just like randomly calling people not out of the blue like I'll be like can I call you (laughs) 
Wait, do you dislike receiving them in addition to sending them, or just you just hate sending your own voice? I don't mind receiving them, but then I find it annoying to have to like save them, and then if I want to like go back and like remind myself what we were talking about, I have to like play it again instead of just scrolling up oh, and reading and like skimming. No. Okay. Hey, you know there's a way to like like automatically save them, right? Yeah, I think I knew that was a thing. I just didn't figure out how to do it. So then I've just been manually saving them. And then sometimes it doesn't, like the save button doesn't come up right after like listening to it. And then I have to like figure it, like I have to like fiddle. <laughs> I feel like I'm so technologically incompetent right now, but <laughs> it doesn't show up and I have to randomly press things until it does. <laughs> okay. Well, honestly, I only initiated like the voice messages more for like an accessibility need Mm -hmm. because of my concussion but I've learned that like even like when I'm done I'm still going through my concussion recovery right now but even when I don't get like headaches and I look at a screen I love sending them anyways because typing is so tiring like my fingers get so I don't know I think I feel like my fingers are very lazy these days and what I've grown to love about like audio messages is that like, I love hearing my friends' voices again, considering I just haven't, I don't know, had the time to call them yet. Yeah, it just makes me miss their voice. It kind of is the equivalent of when people, like, when we had Snap, sorry, I'm bringing up Snap again, but it's, like, <laughs> when people just, true. like, record themselves instead of the video and then send it. And I never did that, so maybe that just, like, translates to voice oh, right. memos. You never did. No, I don't like recording myself, audio, oh. visual. <laughs> but I'm really grateful that my friends... I mean, you sent me a few voice memos back. And if you didn't, you you would always just call me, which which I'm loving. Because, like, I feel like we've, we've never really had this much communication until this pandemic. Well, to be fair, we have literally always seen each other in person like regularly since we met so it's good that we're making up for it but I wanted to circle back to what you said about the pandemic because that was something that I also definitely can relate to because quarantine like exaggerated what it felt like to um have long distance friendships like Normally, when I'm back in Toronto, I get excited because I'm like, oh, I can see my friends from Toronto in person. But being here and knowing that my friends are also in the city and I'm not able to see them in person is like, Mm. I don't like that. (laughs) So it forces me to, when I would see them, like rather than seeing them in person, to just text or call or FaceTime. Yeah, that makes me think... um about how, like, I get excited when my friends from Vancouver tell me that they're flying home to Toronto. But then I realize that, like, it shouldn't matter because I'm not supposed to be meeting up with them mm-hmm. during a lockdown. But I don't know. I feel like ha- I feel like kind of the opposite, just having someone in... I mean, it must be a time zone thing because, like, Vancouver is three hours, what, behind us? Yeah, three hours behind us. So I guess having someone, like temporarily closer is more comforting i think i'm just learning that i don't have as many friends from vancouver as you do (laughs) (laughs) not yet yeah but like we have 
okay, we have a mutual friend who lives in Thailand. And I think you've been better at keeping in touch with her than I have. Like, okay, this is something else that I wanted to um, talk about because I feel like a lot of the friends that I've made from Vancouver are very um, class-based. Like we were, we worked a lot together. We never hung out. Like I'm just realizing how much of those relations, how many of those relationships depended on studying together. And when that was taken away, it's like, I, I don't know how to function. Like, I don't know if this relationship still exists when we don't have classwork to do together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like scrolling through my Instagram followers and I was like counting how many of them were just superficial friends who I made, who I sat next to during mm-hmm. a term and never talked to after. Classmates, that. not friends, <laughs> which is kind of sad. But yeah, I think... Honestly, the pandemic, definitely at the beginning, it I learned who I enjoy talking to the most. And it kind of made me realize who truly were my closest friends. It's like who I felt the need to check in on, who checked in on me. Yeah. Who I enjoyed like talking to the most, mm-hmm. which sounds kind of like like I'm a bad person. But it's like sometimes you just vibe better with some people and you don't realize that until or at least I didn't realize that until quarantine hit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think you're allowed to have your quote unquote faves, Madison. But even like within <laughs> my close friends, it's like, oh, but these are my closest close friends. Am <laughs> <laughs> I one of them? Yeah. we. Lit- how often do we talk? <laughs> Literally every day. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm very grateful for you, Madison. I literally have your name written down in my gratitude journal, like, probably more than 10 times. Oh, I think, yeah, in second year, I feel like I'm circling back to what you're talking about. Um, what you were talking about earlier about feeling lonely and mm-hmm. how that was exaggerated by not being in school right now. I kind of felt that way in second year, even though I was in school, but it was from a sense of not um, having friends in my faculty. So even though all my friends were in school and I even had like a few friends like in at UBC, it wasn't, I wasn't seeing them on the daily on, on the regular. So I didn't have a gratitude journal like you, but I literally had a list (laughs) of like, if I feel lonely, reach out to like, one of these people and it was like a sticky note on my wall in my bedroom bro that's awesome at the wellness center we have like these what are they called they were like wellness cards and it was pretty much the equivalent of a sticky note like when i am in stress when i'm distressed or stressed like these are the people i can talk talk to so i'm glad that you found a method um that worked for you or i'm hoping it worked for you yeah, I don't know if I ever actually, like, utilized it, but it was, like, mm-hmm. in my face when I was studying, so I was, like, I know that I could reach out to these people, which kind mm-hmm. of, even knowing that and reminding myself of that kind of made me feel better. Right, like, having options and knowing that people are there for you, for sure. All right, so I know that once you moved to UBC, not only did we, well, pre-COVID, not only did we move away from our friends from high school, but we also moved away from our family the people we've been living with for what two decades 
decade and a half. <laughs> the people that raised us. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There we go. Um, <laughs> Not so. only have we been living with them for two days. <laughs> they were just but roommates. They've been, uh, <laughs> just roomies. Whatever. It's not like they were uh, changing our diapers or feeding <laughs> us. So I'm wondering how or if you stay co- if you stay connected um, with your family, especially since I know that you have a sister who is living abroad. He's much older. So I'm just wondering, how do you try, if you do, um, to maintain those ties with your family back home? Okay. It's kind of weird for me because you mentioned my sister and I kind of categorize my sister as like my sister and then there's my family. (laughs) (laughs) I was so confused. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, for some reason, maybe it's because my family's in Toronto and my sister's in the UK. Like I, they're separate. Like when I think about reaching out to my family, it's not my sister. It's my family in Toronto. But then I also reached out to my sister who's in the UK. So um, in first year, it was kind of impossible for me to not be in touch with my family in Toronto because just of like my family dynamic, I was, it's, I was a very, I was almost like the glue. Yeah. <laughs> so moving away, um, my family always tried to keep in touch with me to an annoying <laughs> amount sometimes, um, which I understood, obviously. Like, I was a very, like, I still am, I guess, <laughs> a very, like, integral part of my family. So when I was living on the other side of the country, like it takes time to adjust to someone like moving away. Right. Right. Um, So it was mainly my mom who just did the most. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was Mm -hmm. also back very often for various family reasons, but Mm -hmm. I know that's very um, different to what you experienced in first year. My way of keeping in touch with my family is was kind of, it's kind of the opposite, at least in first year, but I do respect your efforts and, you know, still trying to be the glue to your family, even like at the opposite end of the country. Like we said, we were roommates in first year and I know how much like family responsibilities you still felt like you had to hold up, even though you were, you know, trying to navigate the demands of university. So props to you, Madison. But when I moved to UBC... Um, my parents, my parents knew that it was going to be a difficult time for me and they're really academically focused. So they were like, yep, as long as you're studying, you can ghost us pretty much. Um, (laughs) which sounds kind of bad, especially since I did take advantage of that. I mean, I wish I didn't have to ghost them, but in first year, I did not set an alarm until like, I think Christmas break because I would always like wake up very early and then go to sleep um, very late, like studying like all the time. And I felt like I didn't have time to like call my family back home. But then when I was studying with my friends, I would see them like FaceTiming their parents. And that made me kind of question how if my friends are like making time or trying to make time for staying in touch with their family back home, like why don't I give that a shot? Um, considering like we're all going through 
like the same course load and stuff. I also like over always overheard like Madison talking to her mom um, in first year, and that made me feel kind of bad for not like keeping in touch with my mom as much. Jira's arguing. <laughs> <laughs> made you want to call yeah. your mom here yeah and argue with screaming her screaming over yeah. the phone <laughs> yeah yeah 100% but I feel like having some sort of connection instead of going cold turkey even if that connection is like bickering or fighting is better than none because at least you know how the other person is doing um <laughs> that so- person is doing angry <laughs> <laughs> at least you know they're alive <laughs> Hey, anger is a is an emotion for a reason. That means they care about something. So anger can be good. So in second year, I tried to be a better daughter slash sister. Um, I, I made an effort to call home a lot more often. I was still pretty busy in second year. I had like one less. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I took up more extracurriculars, but I took up less courses. But I still found myself um, being very busy a lot because in first year we had meal plans right so we never cooked Mm -hmm. um but in second year that was when like the meal prepping started and like I never really started cooking until second year so I had to find um (laughs) ways to budget that in and and honestly it was great because like when I was cooking I was able to call my family and like multitask in that way and they would be very proud of like what I cooked so how else did I maintain ties oh yeah I had brother I have brothers I still do have brothers, and yeah. I didn't really, I didn't really call them. I usually would just call my parents or my nana, which is who is my aunt who raised me. But with my brothers, we like maintain ties via memes and like mm-hmm. reacting to each other's Instagram stories. Jeff, which is my the middle child, um, not my child, my mom's middle She's child. My middle child. <laughs> he would send me memes a lot. And with my oldest brother, he would, we would post like our fitness goals on like our fitness Instagram accounts, mine being like at ACL.RCBRY and like we would motivate each other when we hit each other's goals, which is pretty nice and pretty cute. And on days where like I was really busy and couldn't call or if I hadn't called them in a while, I would, you know, just send a good morning text or a good night text. Like I love you to my not to my brothers, that's kind of weird, but to, like, my parents <laughs> or to my nanai, um, just so that they know that I was still thinking about them and that I'm still alive and kicking. Yeah, I think in first year, we definitely experienced, like, the two extremes of <laughs> the spectrum, where yeah. I was too connected and you were, like, cold turkey. <laughs> yeah, literally, um, yeah. But in second year, I think both of us did figure out um some sort of balance um and landed in the middle yeah wow we we've grown so much madison (laughs) growth (laughs) look at us look at us and well i guess like for both of us long distance familial relationships isn't really applicable to us right now because we're both living at home yeah that's another episode talking about moving back in with family after yeah another episode for another day (laughs) So now we've talked about our friends, our family, and now I guess we'll talk about we'll talk the about juiciest of them all. <laughs> romantic lives, our non-existent romantic lives. Hey, hey, hey. To talk about. mine is non-existent. <laughs> Madison has uh, something to talk about. Well, well some, some. okay, well, right now I don't have anything to talk about and you do, <laughs> so. Uh, what are you talking about, huh? 
a single what? (laughs) (laughs) That's when you have the most to talk about when you're single. (laughs) That's true. Okay, so long distance romantic relationships. What a fun topic. Um, I can see you blushing, even though there's no video. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) You can't see me. You can't prove that. So I experienced a long distance relationship of the romantic type in high school which is kind of odd because some people don't even date in high school and most of the time when people do date it's with people who they go to school with and see every day and that was very much not the case for me <laughs> very much not I won't go into details but basically I think I learned that was when I learned about um my uh my ability like my preferences of texting and like digital communication over in person maybe that's why okay yeah to answer your question literally from like a million years ago at the beginning of this episode, uh, you asked me why I, like, why, where I got that ability from. Maybe that's why, Mm -hmm. because it was something I did all the time, constantly for Mm -hmm. basically all of high school. So that's that's the answer to the question. (laughs) Yo, that is awesome. Cause my parents, they're very anti-dating. Let's say that. Let's put it that way. And, like, I kind of grew up thinking, okay, I can't date until I'm done school. And that if I date, I'll just get distracted from my studies and my, my my grades are the only thing that matters. But, like, I love how you just demonstrated that your relationship and the fact that it was long distance, long distance like, taught you the, your, like, your skills to, you know, communicate via text. Yeah, but it's very, like that was the only thing I focused on other than school. So it like takes a lot of time and energy and it definitely like consumed a lot of my, my time. Right. Right. But I mean like which relationship does not require time and energy if it's not casual. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm serious. Like, yeah. Like, I hear people say that, like, being in a relationship is like picking up an extra course. <laughs> right? Or like taking a full course, like ha- having a full course. It's another right? full time job. It's like, yeah, oh, there you go. There you go. I don't know why I was talking about like school, but no, seriously. <laughs> is it? I don't know. I- I've been always been single, so I wouldn't know. Well, okay. <laughs> I guess we're talking about my other past relationship now. Which was, which happened in first year, speaking of university. Um, and I would very much agree that it is basically like a full time job, but that was because, like, upon reflection, we were like to a degree almost like obsessed with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all were cute. <laughs> like, I think maybe it was a coping mechanism for me in first year to use that relationship as a distraction. But we, like, to an unhealthy degree, we spent all of our free time together. 
if we didn't have classes together, we were immediately spending time with each other after class. Um, in second term, we did have classes together. So we would like go to class together. We would like leave class together and then like spend time with each other after class. And then we lived in the same um, residence, not in the same building. But then even when we weren't in each other's rooms, we would be on the phone with each other. Like it was constant. Yeah. And that probably wasn't the healthiest. Like that is too much, <laughs> I would say. Time spent together. Um and you do get burned out. It is like any other like job or school um, coursework. It's not healthy mm-hmm. to spend that amount of energy and time and you're like being on this one part of your life. Yeah. Even like when I spend too much time with my friends, like I start seeing how it tampers our relationship and that's when I know like I need a break. Uh, You've for- told me before that we need breaks. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to call me out. But yeah, literally in first year, we saw each other every day. And that kind of like warned me down. I don't know if it warned you down, but it warned me down. Um, <laughs> did it? Basically, you got tired of me more than I got tired of you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you had, you had, you were in a relationship, so you didn't need me. <laughs> but yeah, we remember we did put, we, at the beginning of second term, we were like, we need to spend more intentional time together rather than just because yeah. we live in this or we share like a bathroom and we see each other because we live yeah. in the same like, living area. Yeah, I do remember having that conversation and I'm really glad that we did because intent is very important to any kind of relationship because like we've mentioned, like it takes time, energy and effort to make a relationship, I don't know, fruitful or actually meaningful. Yeah. Um, and I was going to ask you, uh, well, first of all, thank you for sharing a bit about those relationships. I know one was more distant than the other in terms of like long distance. So I just wanted to ask you a little bit more about the theme of long distance relationships for your for the second one. So yeah, my most recent relationship, which was like a while ago now, which is weird to think about, was in based in Vancouver because we both went to UPC. Um, mm-hmm. And... As I like mentioned before, when we were talking about familial relationships, I was back and forth to Toronto a lot. And I also traveled for like the winter break. I just, as a UBC student, I probably spent the minimum amount of time I needed to be on campus. And the person, like my partner at the time was in Vancouver all the time. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it felt like for some periods of time with, throughout our relationship, I it was a, it was basically a long distance relationship for those periods. I was not in Vancouver, which was a lot. <laughs> right, right. That makes sense now. And how did you cope with being away from your partner? Because you did fly frequently, like not even just over the breaks, but mm-hmm. like during the middle of the term and stuff. <laughs> I guess I had a lot of practice for my long distance relationship in high school. <laughs> oh, we love but transferable skills. We called a lot. Like as I mentioned before, even when we were when we were in Vancouver, when we weren't together in person, we were on the phone. So we had mm-hmm. already like uh, a regular practice of being on the phone with each other. So whether I was in Toronto or I was on vacation with my family and I was like in Thailand over the break in first year, we would still call each other as if I was in Vancouver. 
So yeah, definitely a lot of calling. I don't prefer FaceTiming, so we didn't do that. <laughs> no. Uh, maybe a little. Yeah, to a degree. I just I think less than the typical like long distance relationship. It also takes more Wi-Fi. Is there a reason why? Oh, <laughs> I guess you answer that question. Um, I'm more comfortable. Maybe I'm not. I'm just like. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like calling. I know for some people, FaceTiming um, causes less anxiety than voice calling because they can see what's happening. Whereas mm-hmm. I prefer, I don't know why I prefer just voice. Like maybe because I don't have to worry about what I look like. Like I'm not thinking about like the camera. I'm just mm-hmm. talking to the, like the other person on the, on the phone and then all I have to worry about is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. And therefore you can focus more on creating or fostering that emotional bond than worrying about I don't know superficial things like how you look and stuff. I was gonna ask why are you not against but like why do you not prefer calling over other methods of communication? I was gonna say that I like calling over FaceTiming because oh <laughs> I can uh I can I can go to the bathroom and still talk. <laughs> <laughs> Depending if I'm comfortable with the person hearing me pee, so far it's only been you. <laughs> I don't know if you're the only person that has that problem because you pee a lot. <laughs> I drink a lot of water. What can I say? Like when I'm on a call, I don't need a pee break usually. Unless the call lasts for hours. <laughs> Dude, I have like my iced coffee in front of me and my Nalgene, okay? That's a lot of liquids going through me. <laughs> No, I'm serious. But do I like calls or do I like FaceTime? Are we talking about like when it comes to like romantic-ish relationships? Ish. Ish. Well, I haven't been in one, but I guess I can hypothesize. I prefer FaceTime over calling um, people who I, I guess, meet over dating apps because it takes me a while to remember and recognize their face. And it's more effective for me to remember their face if I'm like talking to them live and can see their face move on a screen as opposed to like scrolling through their I don't know Instagram feed and like their selfies on their dating apps yeah but once I've like gotten their face down I don't mind like switching to calls I have never gotten to that point from someone I've met on a dating app like I've never gotten to the point of wanting to FaceTime or call them but I definitely see where you're coming from like wanting to make sure they're not a catfish (laughs) But yeah, okay. I think with someone who, like, I know who I'm talking to, who I've met in person, maybe I just don't care, like, about seeing their face. <laughs> like, I care more about what they're saying and their thoughts and how they're feeling, and I don't need video to do that. Exactly. Which makes you sound very emotionally mature. Oh, thank you. <laughs> welcome i also like when video's on i don't care about what they look like i care about what i look like maybe that <laughs> makes me like super like vain or like i'm just too self-conscious but if my video is on i focus on what they think about what i look like more than i do about like the other person <laughs> oh me too yeah but when you're trying to maintain a long distance relationship i think there has to be like 
you just have to understand that you can't obsess. <laughs> Don't take it to an obsessive level, basically. You can't constantly be in touch with each other. Like, respect the other person's schedule. Yeah, just be respectful of if you're in different time zones, like, you're not going to get a reply right away sometimes, and that's fine. It just means that you have other things going on in your um, with your life and they probably have other things going on with their life and it, like their relationship doesn't become any less important just because you're not constantly in touch noted and that goes for all like romantic relationships platonic like friendships familial relationships if the other person cares they will always care no matter how like much or little you talk yeah yeah that's true that's something i learned you don't have to be talking to your best friend every day in order for them to be your best friend yeah. still, right? Even Madison? though we do. I'll talk every day. <laughs> yeah. No, there are some... Eh. Actually, yeah, yeah. But, well, like, during university, there like there were weeks where we didn't see each other. Yeah. Especially, well, in second year. Mm-hmm. And there are definitely other, like, other some of my other best friends from high school that I don't talk to every day, but when we want to or when we need to, we'll catch up with each other. And it, it, like, nothing has changed just because we haven't talked for a few days, a few months, or however long it is. Oh, that makes me excited to, like, reach out to some people who, who I've been needing to reach out to. Before we wrap up this episode, I want to talk about a fourth type of relationship that I didn't really think about you prior to starting this episode but work relationships that's a thing it is a thing (laughs) and um now it's definitely a long distance thing too if we're talking about like remote positions virtual positions all that Mm -hmm. like all of a sudden you're not you're not seeing the people you work with in person anymore 100 percent. personally i i am not in school uh but I am trying to keep myself busy by volunteering and stuff. But my volunteer positions aren't remote, which I'm kind of grateful for because I love seeing humans uh, (laughs) face-to-face, mask-to-mask. Six six feet to six feet. (laughs) (laughs) But Madison, I know that you have, you're holding several virtual Uh, roles. All of my, I have not worked with a person in person since like February, March. And it's because Goodness. my entire, I typically work in the summer because as a student, I have like summer internships or I, I try <laughs> to, to get summer internships. Um, and I kind of had two this past summer, that, but they were both remote. So the first one was a volunteer position, but it was at, um, it was based in Vancouver at a small mm-hmm. organization. And I applied virtually obviously like I sent in my application I did my interview on zoom and then the entire like four month period that I worked with that organization I never met any of my coworkers in person it was just like we had zoom meetings and then I did my work another example is like I repeated like I went back I had an internship after first year and I just went back to the same company after second like this past summer so I knew my coworkers. Um, I had met them all already, but now I was like, after not seeing them 
for a like eight months and then expecting to see them again in person to work with them, I was suddenly like not doing that and only seeing them on Zoom. How did the transition feel? Did you like it more than um, going into the office every day compared to last year? No. Well, I think uh, because we already had like some sort of established relationships or like, I had an established relationships with my coworkers, it was easier to transition online, but I didn't enjoy it. Like, I wish I could have worked with them in person. Yeah, I think that's a sentiment lots of people are feel it, feeling now. Yeah. At this point, I think I've grown a lot more comfortable with just meeting strangers, essentially, and just working with them. Like, without ever seeing them in person. Good. I wish I had... Um... <laughs> I I uh, had that capacity too, but I mean, I had like I was forced to do it through like group working class. <laughs> but at least you're comfortable now. So when it comes to further virtual interviews or whatever, you're gonna be comfortable. Like I literally had a coffee chat just last week, and I was I felt very weird about seeing myself on a screen and meeting someone who I hadn't met before in person. Yeah, my first coffee chat that was strictly virtual was um, did not go that well. <laughs> I think I had to now with more practice, I'm a little more comfortable, but I, I can't talk to strangers that coherently face to face. So <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, when it yeah. switches online, it's even worse. <laughs> I was going to say you started all your volunteer um, roles that you're doing right now. Those all, like you met all those people virtually first, no? Or were your interviews no. in person? Well, no, my interviews were through the phone. So I guess it's different than, I wouldn't classify me meeting them because I didn't like meet them over Zoom, you know? Mm. Well, you still met them over the phone just because the video, like you didn't have the video portion of meeting them. You're still talking to, to them for the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. On the phone. But like, it's definitely um, a lot different when you take away one of when you take away the visual system, right? Because you can't like read their body language or like see, I don't know, social cues. Mm-hmm. Well, I find it difficult with video on like on Zoom, anyways. That was what I was struggling with. I'm like, I can't tell, like, I can't see the visual cues that I would see in person because it's just like a frame of their face, and uh, maybe it's because I have terrible Wi-Fi and like it lags. Right. And it's just <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Right. Like, I feel like I still don't have that even if video is on. And I guess it also depends on, like, if the person you're Zooming with is putting energy or is used to, like, providing body language. Because I feel like when it comes to me FaceTiming someone right now, like, I, like, really exaggerate, like, my, like, <laughs> nodding or, like, my eyebrows, you know? Yeah. Why are you laughing? That just, no, it just makes me think about, so I just finished a term of, class that was all online and I've talked to one of my profs and she mentioned how lecturing virtually takes a lot more energy because she has to be a lot more expressive in order to make the lectures interesting exactly she like over exaggerates her excitement her like all of her emotions Mm -hmm. which is a weird thing to think about when you're like lecturing like academic material you're like, how emotional can you get? About calculus. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I guess in addition to my in-person volunteer roles, I'm also, I would count like podcasting with you and Kendra as a work relationship that I'm very grateful for because like at this, we have weekly meetings and I just, I always look forward to them because at the start of them, we, well, throughout the meetings, we, we go on tangents a lot, but at the beginning of our meetings, especially, it's a nice time to catch up with each other mm-hmm. and check in to see how we're doing. This is also my first time working with, like, my close friends. Yeah, this is like a, a hybrid of, what, uh, photonic and work relationship? Yeah. I feel like in high school, we're always told to, like, not work with our friends because we'll get distracted, mm-hmm. but... yeah. This goes to show that, like, you can <laughs> still be productive and get work done. Well, we've definitely still been... We, we, we've been distracted, but, like, we're still producing stuff. <laughs> and it's been fun. <laughs> and it's all long distance. Safe. But, like, it makes me value it so much, like, value our work relationship so much more because it doubles as like social interaction. It's just like at this point in the pandemic, when I haven't seen people, when I, when I so rarely see people in person that I, when I want to, like I value my social interactions online that much more. Yeah. You don't know what's that saying. Don't know what you have until you lose it. Yeah, exactly. I think what you're also trying to say is that this podcast gives us a reason to literally have a weekly catch up. Yeah, make sure that I actually talk to people <laughs> no, on, a, on a semi-regular basis. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. And that's, I know we like mentioned this on the, on the side, you resigned from, I don't know, what, what word do you want me to use? You quit? You quit I, your club? I am currently, I'm not kind of in the process of it, but I'm like stepping down from like an executive position at a, at a student club. Which used yes. to be my weekly, make sure I interact socially with other humans mm-hmm. <laughs> um, reminder every week. And now that's going to be gone. But like now we have the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we have more um, more Kendra, Chelsea, and Madison time. But I think it's awesome that you're being aware that you need a budget in like social human interaction time every mm-hmm. week if not every day because when I like even in high school I didn't think like socializing was important for some reason well I I know why I didn't think that was important it's because my parents taught me that school is everything which I know is a lie now but yeah (laughs) so much research shows that like social connection is needed to maintain good mental health and physical health so I I think now having to facilitate long distance relationships with everyone in my life has made me want to be friends with everyone I come into contact with <laughs> like online like everyone I work with now I'm like I want I want you to be my friend <laughs> too <laughs> yo even if I think I mentioned this during Kathy's episode but like yeah same when I like go to the mall to shop like I, I want the sales associates to be my, to be my buddies yeah. Or at least I want to treat them like buddies because like I like when do I ever see a new person in person? So I feel you on that. <laughs> Store associates are just temporary friends. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Okay, well I think this concludes today's episode. I wanna to thank you so so much, Madison, for coming on to 
the pod today because I know you spent so much time behind the scenes already and I've been waiting for you and wanting for <laughs> you to come into the spotlight. So thank you. And not only for that, but for being my friend since grade nine and really helping me bring this project to life and Loki helping me co-host this uh, episode. <laughs> We're all hosts here. (laughs) (laughs) Real. I should change your title to co-host. Are there any uh, socials you want to plug? Or any uh, shout-outs? Well, I mean, as a co-creator of this podcast, (laughs) (laughs) I am plugging this podcast. (laughs) What about this podcast? Where can you find us? uh, Nowhere right now. (laughs) What? You can Hello, find on Instagram on Instagram, on Spotify, on anywhere you find podcasts. Okay, okay. this is a mess. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Our friendship's a mess. Okay, okay. Thank you for chasing me down in grade nine and being my friend despite my social awkwardness. Oh, you're very welcome. Because otherwise, I don't know what I would be doing right now. I probably wouldn't be at UBC. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, yeah. <laughs> This podcast wouldn't exist either. So go grade nine Chelsea for shooting her shot at this friendship. Yeah. Moral of the story is shoot your shot. Whether uh, it's a platonic relationship or a romantic, romantic re- relationship. Yes. Or, or familial <laughs> or work. Or work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See ya. All right. Bye. <laughs>It's important to consciously make time to maintain these social ties. Like any other meeting for work or school, it can be helpful to carve out times in your schedule to catch up with the people who mean most to you. Number two, if it's challenging to set aside time for catch-up calls, texting, voice messaging, sending memes, or even type racing still all count as valuable ways to stay and feel connected. Number three, sometimes circumstances change and people grow apart. If you've been thinking about reconnecting with an old friend, then consider this a sign to shoot your shot. It's natural to feel anxious about whether or not too much time has passed since your last interaction. However, remember, people will likely appreciate your desire to reconnect instead of dwelling on the time that has passed. Number four, while it's comforting to know what our friends, family, and significant others are up to from miles away, remember, people have lives outside of their relationships platonic, familial, romantic, etc. To reiterate Madison's point, it's more than okay if they don't text back immediately. Number five, while distance from our loved ones may seem like a barrier to maintaining relationships, time spent apart can also be a good necessity and indicative of the health of a relationship. To re-illustrate, before the pandemic, Madison and I have gone weeks without seeing or speaking with each other, but that time apart didn't detract from our friendship. If anything, it proved that our friendship was strong enough to not require constant interaction. 
Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Setback Stories. We're always looking for new topics and guests to bring on the show, and we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to DM us on Instagram at setbackstories or email us at setbackstories at gmail.com. Finally, we're seeking ways to grow and improve our podcasting game. If you can, please leave us a review. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so that you will never miss a bi-weekly episode from yours truly. I'd also like to give credits to my team, co-producer and co-writer Madison Wong and technical producer and editor Kendra Tam. There's so much work that happens behind the scenes and I can't thank you two enough. Till next time. Now, or you can just like have video on and like turn the lights off. <laughs> You're like, you can't see me, but I can see you. <laughs> what the-